Welcome to the Blessed Sacrament Parish Community Podcast, where our mission is to help everyone recognize and experience the presence of God. Hey everyone, welcome to the Blessed Sacrament Parish Community Podcast. My name is Kristen Russell, and today we are continuing the discussion from our last podcast, and we are going to focus on St. Teresa of Avila. Now, as you know from the previous podcast, I'm a little bit of a nerd. I love her. She's amazing. And my goal at the end of this podcast is that everyone else will love her just as much as we do. And I am joined today by two very special guests. We have Mary Jo Curlin, and you guys might remember her from her journaling podcast. So Mary Jo, welcome Hello. Back. Thank you, Kristen. And we are also joined by Jean Thiel. And Jean is a member of Blessed Sacrament. She's been a member for 32 years. You may have seen her as a lector or a Eucharistic minister. Um, she's done grief recovery, why to why, lay minister, outreach team, spiritual direction, Christ renews, the list goes on and on. So thank you, Jean, for, for being here and for diving into Teresa of Avila with us. It's going to be a good conversation. I can already tell. I think so, too. And I think one of the things that we should do, because what we know Teresa of Avila for is her spirituality. And so really quick, because I like to, I like definitions. I like terminology. I like to know where I'm coming from. And hopefully, listeners, you like to know where we're coming from, too. I'm just going to give you a, a quick um, introduction to spirituality. So spirituality defines one's whole way of life. It can be defined as a way of being, seeing, and acting. As Christians, we exist, we see, and we act through and with Jesus. So for us, spirituality has its source in God, and it is formed in communion with others and all of creation. So to kind of sum it up, as Catholics, spirituality calls us to deepen our understanding of the person and vision of Jesus, build communion with God and all of our sisters and brothers of humankind, and participate in the mission of Jesus to bring about the kingdom of God and, of course, proclaim the good news. Easy peasy, right? Like, it doesn't sound daunting at all. But I think what I love about Teresa of Avila is that she took all of this and she gave us concrete ways to live out this spirituality. So we know she was a Carmelite nun. So I'm just wondering, out of the gate, if you can explain to us, um, you know, what the Carmelite spirituality is and how Teresa of Avila had an influence on it. I think one thing we've discovered is that the Carmelite spirituality is one of making time to move into your interior soul. We uh, believe that God or a piece of the divine is inside of our soul. Um, and so their spirituality, first and foremost, was personal. And it is a divine dance or a cooperation with God's will and their will. And how do they grow with God in solitude, silence, and the building of virtues? Mm -hmm. And I would add is a prayer of quiet. I think is part of their um, their spirituality as well. Quiet. It's so foreign to us today because we're always on the go. Mm -hmm. um, right. I think her spirituality is very apparent in her writings. Um, however, if for those of us who have read some of her writings, it doesn't matter if it's the Interior Castle, um, the Way of Perfection, or the Book of Her Life. 
She is funny. She's witty. She's sarcastic. All of my favorite kinds of sense of humor. Um, (laughs) Can you tell us a little bit about her sense of humor and wit? And why do you think it's a big, why do you think it's a part of her spirituality? You know, I think, um, you know, I think she was born with her sense of humor. Um, She she had a a tough life. Um, She came from a big family, uh, 12 siblings. I know her mother passed when she was just uh, only 12 years old. Um, And I think she was able to use her her humor through some really uh, tough times that she had um, kind of in her life. Um, And she recognized that humor makes life bearable. Um, And one of the things she said um, it allows, humor allows us to break but not shatter. And I think, um, I think that's what it did for her. So there's all kinds of quotes that we read about some of her, her humor. Um, one of the quotes was, um, after a donkey had thrown her into cold, a cold river, she said, is, if this is how you treat your friends, then it is no wonder you have so few of them. Uh, is- Probably, like, if I could sum up my relationship with God sometimes in my life, that's the quote. Like, God, honestly, if this is what we're going to do, like, why? Sure. And a kind of, um, to have a saint, someone who the church recognizes as holy and then went so far as to say, you're so smart and you've given us such contributions to the Catholic faith. We're going to name you a doctor of the church to have someone have hold those titles, but also say that to God. If that doesn't just give you like the little bit of a boost that you (laughs) might need in your relationship. Like I just love how real it is. Yeah. I think one of my favorite quotes was from silly devotions and sour faced saints. Good Lord, deliver us. <laughs> she was always very authentic in what she said and had courage to say what she said. And it just, it just reminded me of her authenticity. And if the devotion is working great, but if it's not, then don't do it, mm-hmm. you know, and let it go. Everything about the way she approached life, I think it was just so so lively. I mean, uh, she's a Spaniard. So like that life that we know, um, about Spain and just even the music and their culture, like she was immersed in that. Mm -hmm. And I think that she really brought that to her writings and she brought that, you know, to her spirituality and her faith. And And then in return, she brings it to us as well. So it's a good reminder, I think, that when we act, when we are disciples of God, we don't have to leave who we are behind. You know, we get to continue the God bring, God takes who we are and God molds us to work in God's plan. And I think it's a, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful reminder. She didn't leave her sarcasm behind when she became a nun. She was like, well, this is who I am for better or worse we're going to embrace it and God's going to embrace it. And I think that's why it's so beautiful to see her spirituality 
as it it's just so real and honest and it's a it's a human relationship with god and in return with her community as well and i think that's so cool to be able to see that and to kind of apply it in our own lives well and i think too um you know life life is hard and i think if um if we can just see the humor kind of in life events and the things that maybe we're going through or are happening around us or within us, if we can, um, you know, find humor in it, it just, it lightens it a bit. Um, you know, being too serious, I think, um, in my opinion, is not good. I Sometimes I have to have a, you know, a, um, just a little come to Jesus for myself and think, okay, now lighten up here a little bit. So, I think the one thing that struck me when I started lay ministry and I was going to learn more about our Catholic faith, the one thing that I remember saying to myself is I do not want to lose my sense of humor in this. Mm -hmm. I do not want to be all about the rules. I want to be about the life experience mm -hmm. and, and the authenticity and the realness of it. In the words of Teresa of Avila, God save us from gloomy saints. <laughs> there has to be that joy because the joy is what people are attracted to when you are a follower of Jesus. Like no one wants to follow a doom and gloom person. Um, even when talking about the passion and suffering of Christ, I think all of the saints somehow found, somehow were reminded that Although the passion and suffering of Christ in our own, you know, suffering in our own lives, it's not meaningless. We always get to look forward to Easter. We are always looking forward. We're a forward-thinking people. Um, and that's beautiful. That's where I think our joy comes from is just sure. God loves us so much that even when things kind of do stink in our lives and we are suffering, we, we acknowledge that and we know that we're not alone in that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Teresa of Avila, and she was, you know, young in her, I think in her 30s, she was very sick. And that, I think, is where it was after she got through that illness that she started writing her, you know, writing her reforms of the Carmelite order. That's where she really kind of was like, where can we do better? How do we continue to grow as disciples and followers of Christ? And it was through that suffering that she was like, she didn't let it get her down. And like we talked about in our last podcast episode, Mother Teresa too went through a dark night of the soul. Um, those are very common. And when you look at the lives of the saints, you know, that darkness that we feel, um, but that's when I know that's when we're not alone. That's I think if we can pinpoint one time in our lives for sure, it's those darkest times. Those are the times that I think God is the closest to us because God's not going to abandon us in the times we need him the most. So I definitely think that's a, a big part of Teresa's spirituality. And so I'm curious, you know, you guys um, do an awesome retreat on Teresa of Avila, and you guys dive deep into her life and her spirituality. Um, so I'm wondering, how would you describe her spirituality? And to kind of go along with that, what is the goal, would you say, for Teresa of Avila? 
and how do we achieve that goal according to her? I think for me, um, she had an authentic spirituality and she was always engaged in her life and with people who came into it. Um, she had the courage to speak. Um, that's where her humor, I think, came through the most. And I connect to that in my own spirituality because sometimes I say something and I'm like, where did that come from? You know, and I think in the moment when you're connected to the divine soul inside of you, things just come out authentically. And you don't know how people are going to take them, but later on somebody may come back and say that really was important for me to hear. Um, and I, the one thing I remember when doing the interior castle is her most important thing was really understanding who you are, mm -hmm. strengths, weaknesses. And she said, if you don't know who you are, there's no point in going further. So really stay with who you are, reflect, sit in the silence with God and, mm -hmm. and listen to that voice. I love that. Yeah. Know who um, you, are. you know, her foundation is, is humility. Um, and just accepting reality as it is, uh, going about your daily chores, your life journey with awareness, um, and knowing that there's something, you know, bigger in our life. Um, and she went, uh, she went through her life with a lot of courage and determination. Um, and she often spoke of herself as a a miserable creature, um, it won definitely in need of mercy. Um, but then she just, she had just this infinite love for God and always, it was always there for her. Um, I mean, as a little girl, you know, she learned to read quite young, uh, the lives of the saints. Um, and she was a very prayerful person, you know, going to daily mass and they did the rosary. Um, but so she always had this, you know, this relationship with God, but, um, but it always wasn't smooth sailing because, uh, there was an internal struggle, you know, that, um, that she wrestled with, you know, wondering whether or not she wanted to, you know, turn her life, um, you know, in, in, for, in everything over to God. Um, but, but, and she did eventually, but it took, it was a journey to get there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think that's, I mean, that's true for all of us. Life is a journey. Sometimes I think we think this is it. This is the destination. We're living the destination, but this is the journey. We're, we're headed somewhere. And I always, uh, I was doing a little bit of reading for something not related to this podcast, but it struck me how, wonderful it could be applied and that was in the early church when people would look at the saints um they looked at the saints as people who kind of smoothed the path for them we have so many saints and so many holy women and men that have come before us they really have kind of smoothed the path for us to follow in their footsteps and then what i love too is that this idea that yes, they are people of faith, um, but they are companions on the journey. Just because they've already walked the path doesn't mean they said, all right, bye, good luck, best of luck to you. They, they too are walking with us. And I think as Catholics, we know this so well through the Eucharist, you know, when heaven and earth collide and 
all the angels and saints are present. All of our loved ones who have gone before us are present in that meal. It's like it's like the biggest Thanksgiving dinner you've ever been a part of, and we get to be part of it every week. And so to be able to walk with these saints, and I, I know for a fact that Teresa of Avila walked with me. I, I always joked in grad school that I had Teresa of Avila on one side walking with me and Julian of Norwich on the other. And the three of us ladies walked myself through grad school um, for two years and just feeling their presence and and embracing their knowledge and their love of God really helps bolster my own spiritual journey. And I think it's so important to hear the lives of the saints and to hear how people connect with the lives of the saints, because I think everyone would benefit from that spiritual companionship on this journey because it is, it's a journey and sometimes it's rough and sometimes we take detours and sometimes we aren't even on the path and we're forging through the woods with a machete. So, I mean, that's, it's important to just have those not only personal friends, you know, a faith community, but also that spiritual faith community as well. I really like that image that you just gave us of having two major saints walking alongside of you. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I just want to hold on to that for a little while. And the beauty of a podcast is you can listen to it and listen to mm-hmm. it. And mm-hmm. yeah, so thank you for that image. Of course. I, in my mind, sometimes it was like uh, we're skipping down the yellow brick road. You know, like we're, we're going to do this. And it was it was fantastic. Um, so I'm going to all of everyone listening, like I'm really going to challenge you dive into the lives of the saints, find obscure saints, you know, or find out what are you interested in and find the saint that is also interested in that. And even if you're only interested in Netflix and TV, St. Francis, not St. Francis, St. Claire of Assisi is the patron saint of t- televisions. So wow. I'm just saying there's a saint for everything. <laughs> um, so coming back, though, to Teresa of Avila, her culminating work is the interior castle. It's, and it's all about the journey. It's the journey to God, but also the journey to our soul. And like you were saying, Jean, discovering who we are. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a spiritual journey. So can you walk us through this many-roomed castle and how that journey plays out in the interior castle. Well, her, her, um, one of her great masterpieces that she wrote was called The Interior Castle, um, and it's a story about her relationship with God, uh, her experience with God over her entire lifetime. Uh, it's also been referred to as a, a map of her spiritual journey, um, so it's, it's really a classic piece of work that, uh, St. Teresa, she wrote when she was, uh, 62 years old, um, with the encouragement of her, um, spiritual director. And, um, in the book, she tells the story of her relationship with God as a story of a soul outside, um, a castle or a mansion, um, and this particular mansion has seven rooms. And God is the one who lives in the inner chamber. Uh, life in a journey that begins outside the mansion, where it's dark and cold. Uh, there might be serpents and snakes and insects. 
and a lot of noisy things that go on in the outer world. Um, one of the great things about St. Teresa of Avila is her use of images, um, butterflies and reptiles and snakes and um, buckets of water and gardens. She's, she's wonderful at that. Um, and so um, she challenges us to navigate and get to the center where the king or God is and invites the soul to come into the center of the castle to a deep spiritual marriage and union with him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, the one thing she also said is she liked to call the rooms dwelling spaces. Mm -hmm. So the one thing that she also said is that you don't always go through them in a linear fashion, but you might stay in one dwelling place for a while, mm -hmm. um, depending on how much work you need to do. Um, and the first three levels were really just beginning your spiritual journey. And then the fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh levels were your ability to surrender more to God's will. So the work was actually less because God was helping you more, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, and the more you surrendered to God, the easier the work got, so the first uh, level was basically knowing who you are. Um, and the most important thing there was to have compassion with yourself. Um, because it's difficult to be going through those weaknesses and knowing that we have some things to work on if we don't give ourselves compassion to do that. It's The work is a lot harder. Um, in Dwelling 2, um, her idea was that people were persevering in their prayer and you know our Catholic tradition has so many ways to pray and one of the things that she invited us to do was to try the rosary um, try traditional prayer go go to church and see what comes up inside of you um, but in addition to these routines was also to keep one foot in the real world and how does God want us to live in those real life experiences. Mm -hmm. um, and then the third dwelling place was how do we develop a rule for life? Um, so what do we do with our um, exercise and our eating and our sleep and our rest and our leisure? You know, do you have a spiritual director? How are your relationships socially? Um, how do you volunteer? How do you participate in a faith community? Um, and then the fourth dwelling place is where you begin to surrender to God's love in contemplation or in the silence. Mm -hmm. And she called that the prayer of recollection, mm -hmm. which is different than what we're calling it now, but it really is sitting in the silence. Um, and then dwelling five, Mary Jo, if you want to talk about that. Yeah, in the fifth dwelling, um, St. Teresa describes a prayer of union. Uh, this is when we are ready to surrender all that we have to God so that God can grant us union with him. Um, it, it's in this dwelling we fall into the hands of God or we are caught by God. I love that image. Um, the soul transcends both senses and reason. The brain remains stunned during this union and the individual sees with with her heart and soul. Um, 
it's kind of in this this dwelling there's a uh, a transformation really that's taking place um, and it's in this place where uh, Teresa uses the beautiful image um, of the silkworm at work uh, to convey her meaning of transformation uh, through the persistent industry of the silkworm at work to its cocoon uh, a beautiful white butterfly will eventually emerge. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, um, and that really is the reason why we have faith and and can be connected to God, and God can help us through our real life experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, the sixth dwelling then was um, the betrothal to God's love where the soul is pierced by God's love. Like you, you've you had this transformation and you really feel the presence of God in your life. It's, it's uh, something that people really don't have words for. It's maybe a graced moment. It's, uh, whoa, uh, I didn't do that myself. Something bigger than I came in. Um, and then the seventh dwelling is actually when you and the Creator are one and you, you really truly understand who you are, at least in this moment, and God loves you for who you are. Um, because as we've talked earlier, we're never really, we have never really arrived until we die. Um, but we have the opportunity every day to come in union with God and feel God's love. And the more you do this in your life, I feel the more I see God working in my life it makes sense once you catch a glimpse of God at work in your life it's easier to see where God is at work just in the world in general um, with the high schoolers and middle schoolers you know the calm God sightings you know where did you see God today and maybe you know they're still in the earlier dwelling places where you're just you're seeing God at work just in the world but when you catch a glimpse of God in the world, I think it really does challenge us to dive deeper and to see where God is at work in us, in our spiritual life, not just our, our real world life, but definitely in our spiritual life. Like God is united with us. You know, we have an indwelling of the Holy Spirit, and I think it's important to remember that. And that's what Teresa of Avila wants to remind us all, is that when we get to the center of ourselves, we find God. Not that we are God, but Mm -hmm. that God is there with us. And again, it's that indwelling of the Holy Spirit that we receive at baptism. And I think it's in confirmation and it's beautiful. Yeah. And I, you know, you mentioned the youth, but I think there are some youth that have experienced that early on, Mm -hmm. even at age 10, Mm -hmm. even some of the saints say that they Mm -hmm. just, they knew God at a very young age. And sometimes it's our life experiences that, you know, connect us that to that earlier. Um, some of us have to, you know, do a little work before our soul can be open to hear that, you know, and that's, it's all good. It's all, you know, part of the whole process of learning who God is in our lives. And it's not a one size fits all journey. I mean, for some people, I really do think that they've got an expressway that they're taking to, to their final destination. And, that's great. I think mine is more of mountains and valleys and mm-hmm. um, tight little trails and things like that. 
But I think the, the most important part to remember is that we're not alone on this journey. Not only is God with us every step of the way, but again, our faith community, you know, the people we sit next to in the pews at church, they're with us on this journey. The people in, you know, if you're in a small group or if you're, if, if you have a spiritual director, you know, they're all people in this life who are walking with you. And that's not even bringing in all the communion of saints who have gone before us, who are also cheering you on, walking with you. Mm-hmm. Um, but you guys did talk a little bit about, I mean, Teresa of Avila had a spiritual director. You both have done spiritual direction. Um, why do you think it's important? Why is that? Why is spiritual direction an important part of a faith journey? Because it's not something that I think people, a lot of people even think that they might need. Um, so what can you tell us about just spiritual direction in general? Well, I think... Um uh, you know, spiritual direction is just um, walking with somebody on their journey. Com- you know, a, a spiritual director is a companion, really, with somebody on their journey. Um, and I think um, somebody to maybe have to just talk things over with, somebody there to listen, uh, to hear your story, uh, wherever you're at, you know, on the journey. Um, it's a safe place for, for people to come and, um, you know, express their, um, you know, their joys or sorrows or, uh, their sadnesses or, um, or questions that they have. Yeah, I think when Mary Jo and I went to spiritual direction classes, um, we realized how important it was for people to tell their story and, a lot of people don't have that opportunity. And spiritual direction provides that safe place, that sacred space. Um, and you can talk about God. And many times people will say, you're going to think I'm crazy. And I say, no, you're not. This is God speaking to you. Um, and we do provide that space of non-judgment and um things God comes to us in so many different ways and in our dreams um, in our life experience in the person at the grocery store um, in nature Um, I can't tell you how many times I've seen red cardinals that you know represent the face of God in my life Um, or my dad who used to sell insurance and when my car was going too fast a little red robin would fly by my car and I'm like oh hello dad (laughs) I'll slow down now um you know, just there are just so many ways that you can't measure that God comes into our lives. And I think our world right now is so much into research and where's the evidence. And in spiritual direction, the evidence doesn't matter. It's your story and who you are, and we take you where you're at. I love that. It's, it goes right, right along with the theme Faith Formation has, you know, this year, re- the big reveal, you know, revealing our own stories. And I think it's important, too, coming back to Teresa of Avila, in spiritual direction, you come to know yourself through telling your own story, but you also come to know God. And one thing that always just absolutely blows my mind about um, Teresa of Avila, she lived in the 16th century. They didn't have psychology. They didn't know much about the human psyche. You know, back then, that that wasn't a real study. But she has this just understanding of how 
the human mind works. And I think she was way ahead of her time in terms of how the human mind works and the human psyche is developed. Um, and I think we can glean a lot about spirituality and psychology. I think they kind of go hand in hand, quite honestly. Um, so what connections do you think can be made between, you know, Teresa of Avila, spirituality and psychology and just understanding and knowing ourselves? Yeah, I think for me, um, one of the things that I uh, was introduced to probably eight or ten years ago was the Enneagram. And it is a connection that helps, that helped me discover the depth of who I was, both spiritually and psychologically. Um, it's an ancient spiritual tool, but also a psychological tool. And it connects us to the three intelligence of, um, the three centers of intelligence that we have our body intelligence, our heart intelligence, and our head intelligence. And um, I think a lot of times we go through life with these patterns based on how we were nurtured or um, the life experiences that we had, and it caused some suffering to our ego. Um, and it caused us to look at our life in a certain way. Um, my Enneagram type is a type six, which looks at the world uh, through fearful eyes. And I never realized that until, you know, things that I would do made sense after I had my Enneagram type um, identified for me. Um, but basically, everything that is done through the Enneagram is to help you feel the sensations of your body, to help you feel the emotions in your heart to help you identify a um, pattern of thought that keeps going through your head um, and then have an awareness of it. And is this something that's true or is this something that I need to work on more or talk to my spiritual director with? Um, and it just helps me to understand more fully. I think a lot of people go through life almost asleep and they just do the same patterns over and over again, expecting different results. Mm -hmm. um, so the Enneagram really helped me to put label on different things. And um, even in my relationships, I mean, I was, now that I have uh, children who are having children, um, it helped me to just sit and be with them and listen mm -hmm. instead of saying, oh, you should do this, you should do that, you know? So it really helped me to just stay in the moment and not react, but just to love and to be with them. Mm -hmm. So. Love that. Well said, Jean. Yes. And it, it does, it goes right back to what you were saying earlier. You have to know yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's part of this journey is, is knowing yourself. And there are tools available to us to help us know ourselves, whether it's a spiritual director um, the Enneagram, the Myers-Briggs, um, you know, all of these things. I mean, they're not just personality tests. Like they help us, like you said, Jean, like identify patterns in our lives. Like why am I the, why am I the way I am? You know, it just kind of helps us to explain it as well. Um, and the important thing is when you identify that pattern, don't be hard on yourself, you know, love yourself. It is who you are. This is something that's always going to be part of me. And I know what's coming up. And then I just take a breath and pause and go, okay, what do I need to do with God in this moment? Mm -hmm. The other thing I did recently was um, some 
psychological work um, with a counselor, and um, that had really helped me to um, uh, hear my voice and give me a voice and have the courage to speak, because that is one of my um, virtues that I need to, um, that I'm continually working on, is sometimes I don't feel like I have the strength or the the intelligence or the I don't know what it what it is that I feel like I don't um, that I can't come up with the right words or whatever. So that psychological piece and counseling helped me to understand that I matter and what I have to say matters, and it gave me the courage to speak. So at certain times, yeah, and that's so it's so important, and it mental health. I mean, mm-hmm. it. We, I think when we hear mental health, we're like bad, you know, yeah. you, mental, like you have bad mental health, but that's not the case. Like mental health is, is like, you know, you're, you go to the doctor every year for a physical just to make sure, you know, you're where you're supposed to be or if there's any issues, we need that same understanding for our own mental health as well. And if we can acknowledge and, and if we can take the stigma away and go to a counselor and just... Mm-hmm find out why why am I the way I am it kind of goes back to that and to help work through that it just sets us up for success and I I think it it really does help us move along on our journey because the worst feeling in the world when you're on any kind of journey it doesn't matter if you're road tripping or you're going um, you know you're on your way to heaven the worst thing in the world is when you feel stuck Mm -hmm. and I think you know Gene listening to you you've just given us a a couple of tools, you know, to help us move forward, to help us feel unstuck um, and to continue on that journey. You know, looking at Teresa of Avila's spirituality and just her understanding of humans and her journey, um, how do you think that we as people living in the 21st century how do we live out her spirituality today? Like what are some concrete practices that we can do to embrace and live the spirituality? Well, I think her, her prayer of quiet, um, you know, our minds are so busy, you know, um, and our, and so I, I, you know, I think if we can use her practice of being just being quiet for a while, um, I think that that can be very helpful. Yeah, that is, um, I think we have uh, the traditional prayers um, that we use, uh, but I think a lot of people forget about the silence, and that is when um, you start to hear more and more of God's voice. Um, Maybe not right away in the silence, but maybe down the road, maybe a week or two down the road where somebody says something to you and it's another awareness that you have about yourself. Um, the other thing I think that I've learned from St. Teresa of Avila is just her holistic way of looking at life. And I like the rule of life. I mean, if we don't have things in order in our own lives, like our health and our you know rest and our leisure and you know balance in those areas, sometimes we can't... Um, pray as well as we'd like to or, or spend time with God as well as we'd like to because we're too busy going places and doing things. Um, and I think that 
divine, believing that that divinity is deep inside of us and it's only a breath away. We can just connect down into our soul and pause for a moment with God and I don't feel alone and I'm not doing this journey alone. Um, yeah, and then God is a God of love. So when we're finding these things about ourselves that maybe we didn't like, God is always loving us through them. That is so true, and it's it's so beautiful that God is loving us through things, and that and it's a love that we don't understand either. It's it's not like any kind of love that we we know, um, but we catch glimpses of it. And I'm see, God, our God is a smart God because he gives God gives us these glimpses of the eternal, of the divine. And it's like, I want more of that. And so God, in God's own way, you know, can propel us. Um, God, that means putting people in our, in our path, you know, putting people on our journey who we need. If that's, you know, you stumble upon Teresa of Avila and you're like, oh my gosh, she's my new best friend. I love her. These things are so important um, for all of us as Christians and, and really just as human beings, we're meant to be relational, whether it's a saint who's gone before you or a best friend here on earth, like both are as important. You know, we need both of them. Just talking a little bit about her sense of humor when I decided to do this psychological, you know, visit with these counselors. Um I went in with the guise of thinking I might get rid of my sugar addiction. <laughs> but God had more plans than that. And um, I, the gift that was given was that voice of courage. And I thought, oh, sugar addiction to a voice of courage. That's amazing, you know. And by the way, I still have my sugar addiction. <laughs> like, that voice of courage, I think I deserve a cookie. Like that's, uh, that's, that's awesome. And that's, that's exactly, I think that's a perfect example of how God works. Like we go into it, like, I know what I need to work on. And then God comes in and is like, <laughs> no, 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 no. My child, I know you, let me tell you what you really need. Exactly. And that is beautiful. Like, it's just another reminder of how God is not a God who is far away. God is near. And Teresa of Avila knew that. And it's a good reminder, I think, to all of us, particularly as we're coming out of this pandemic, mm -hmm. you know, at the very beginning of it, like how isolated we all were. But our God is a God of nearness. We were never completely alone. And as we're coming out of this and readjusting to being around people again, and just knowing that, we're meant to be together on this journey. No one's meant to be in isolation. Um, it's just, it, it again is, it's all good stuff. And I think it's all applicable right now, like I said, as we're coming out of this pandemic, because I think now more than ever, we need those reminders. We need those check-ins on the journey, whether it is mental health check-in, whether it's a spiritual health check-in or a physical health check-in. It's all important. So as we kind of draw this to a close, um, does anyone have any closing remarks on Teresa of Avila? I just wanted to say she is kind of like the ideal spiritual mentor for the entire world. Mm -hmm. um, 
her reputation for holiness and wisdom has no boundaries. Um, and she teaches us how to pray and thereby to hope. So, I, and I, I like that, clinging to hope. Yeah. And for me, it's just um, inviting people to be open, vulnerable, and curious about who you are and your relationships. And if you need help, to feel free to connect with a spiritual comp companion to assist you on the way. Absolutely. And we will include some information about spiritual direction and, and spiritual companionship in the description of the podcast. Um, so if you're listening to this thinking, man, maybe I could benefit from a spiritual director, we'll give you some resources. Um, so check the description for that. And again, as we kind of, as we wrap up, Mary Jo, Jean, thank you so much for being here today to talk about Teresa of Avila. Thank you so much for loving her as much as I love her. It is so great. Um, it's so great to have a spiritual companion in Teresa of Avila, but now I have two real-life companions who also have walked with her on their own journeys. And look, our journeys are now converging, and we're heading um, to the final destination. So thank you so much. Thank you, Kristen. And um, to everyone listening, thank you for joining us on this little journey with uh, Teresa of Avila. We hope you enjoyed it. My hope is that you love her as much as we love her. And uh, I will also include some links if you're curious to learn more about her. Um, we'll include some links in the description. So thank you so much for joining us. And uh, we hope we'll catch you next time. Mm -hmm.